0: What's up, guys? Rick here with a preview for this week's Legacy Classic. That's right. That's the Outlaw Tour. Actually, the Outlaw Tour and the Golden State Tour, I believe, are now, I don't know if it's co-sanctioned or running as one, but this is mini-tour golf. This is where all eyes in the golf world are really at right now. DraftKings has, again, for the second week in a row, they've they've been running contests for a couple of weeks now, but Prize pools have really begun to get uh, really, really large every day in in these events, Uh, so I can look past these contests no longer. This is a preview video. Now, I want to mention a few caveats before we we get going here. Uh, This is mini tour golf. Some information is hard to find and or it doesn't exist. Uh, anyone who tells you that they are an outlaw tour or a mini tour expert is probably yanking your chain, myself included. I just think there are a few things that I can point out that might help you in your decision-making process for lineups this week if you want to create golf lineups. Additionally, I had the opportunity to interview three players from the corn fairy tour that are now playing mini tour golf in Arizona. I will link those interviews in the description below. And two of them that I chatted with are the two most expensive golfers on the slate here this week. So we've got, we've got the big boys to talk about. Um, All right. We'll talk mini tour golf, the legacy classic right now. All right, here's the cheat sheet on DFS right now for the legacy classic. I understand that it says GCU shootout there or GCU championship at the top. That's not that's not correct. Uh, I just haven't updated it yet. This pricing is accurate to this week's uh, legacy classic. And man, this feels good to be doing a preview video again, even if I'm uh, even if I'm wildly speculating a little bit. But uh, this week. Legacy Classic being played at the Legacy Golf Resort in Phoenix, Arizona. If that sounds familiar to you, it's because this tour basically played here two weeks ago. It was Tuesday and Wednesday, April 21st, April 22nd. That was literally the the, the, the event before last. Uh, Nico Galletti won that. He is not in the field this week, so we don't have... That champion, but I am going to be referencing that event from just two weeks ago throughout this video. So where do we go here? KK Limbasu at the top at $10,700, Dylan Wu $10,400, Jeremy Paul ten thousand two. dollars and Matt Picanso. I will also mispronounce a lot of names during this. Uh, Limbasu is correct though. I'm positive about that one. Those are the four guys over $10,000. Now, generally speaking, most weeks um i'm not a huge fan of paying up for the most expensive golfer when you have pga tour golf um you know the margins between some of these guys are super razor thin on the pga tour that's not necessarily the case in mini tour events you get a much larger range of skill sets out there you get guys that might be local to the area um Then you get guys that are coming down, like we're going to talk about, coming down from the Corn Fairy Tour, guys who have played a handful of events on the PGA Tour. Those are two completely different levels of golfers. So if we're ever going to pay up for some of the most expensive golfers on the slate, it is in these mini-tour-type contests. And keep in mind, uh, the contests on DraftKings are only single day. Uh, We have not seen a rollout of... Uh, multiple events, uh, multiple day events yet, everything is a single round showdown, which of course increases the volatility even more. Um, so keep that in mind as you're building some of these lineups, leaving money on the table in a showdown type of situation is certainly not, uh, super detrimental because quite honestly, there is a general lack of of understanding or knowledge around these players who they are what they do well what they don't do well and most are just going to opt to go with the same familiar names and then also uh spend as close to fifty thousand dollars as possible if you do any combination of getting guys that might not be talked up on videos guys that um or even if they are just spend forty nine thousand seven hundred dollars you become uh, a much more unique very very quickly Let's talk about the couple guys at the top because uh, KK Limbasu and Dylan Wu are two that I was able to grab uh, and chat with for a bit last week. Again, these – or it wasn't even last week. It was two days ago uh, or yesterday. I don't even know. Time time doesn't even make sense anymore. Um, Go listen to those. KK is uh, a guy out of Cal. Uh, five years at Cal, he was a redshirt senior. He played on the Colin Morikawa teams. Uh, he is, I believe he has conditional status on the Corn Ferry Tour. He had his best finish in Mexico before the Corn Ferry Tour went on hiatus. He was the winner of the GCU Championship last week, and he did it. In pretty spectacular fashion, he went out and shot a course record 61 in round number one, which beat the uh, the previous course record by two shots. That usually doesn't happen. Course records usually drop by a shot, and then maybe by another shot. to To beat it by two full shots is pretty impressive stuff. KK does that, and it was no surprise. Um, you know, KK was 12 to one last week. Uh, I have not seen betting odds for this week, but I imagine he's probably going to be shorter um, shorter than that and he was knocking at the door. He was he was telling me his game his game was in great shape. He was he was he had like three top 5s in his previous four starts. He was feeling really good about himself and finally breaks through and wins last week at the GCU Championship. So to get him back at the Legacy Golf Resort where 2 weeks ago he finished in 3rd place at that event that uh, Galetti won it feels like KK is going to be able to continue the momentum, all all systems firing. Um, I really like him in this spot for sure. Now, Dylan Wu, right behind KK at 10,400, um, I believe he has still has the best official world golf ranking of anybody in this field. He was 304th, I believe, at last check. Um to, to me, Dylan Wu is – he's the best player in this field. So the fact that you're getting him at a $300 discount from KK is pretty interesting. But I'm not sure – and this is not a knock against Dylan Wu in, in any way. The comments that he made to me were much b- more big picture than this week, right? Uh, Dylan Wu is going to make sure that he peaks when the Corn Fairy Tour comes back. He, he had – like four top 10 finishes or top 11 finishes in the first six starts of the year on the corn fairy tour. He was playing awesome to begin 2020. I think he finished um, T12 in Mexico, which was the last event before the corn fairy tour went on hiatus. I believe and the vibe that I got from him and the discussion that we had was he's trying to peak for when the corn fairy tour comes back and he, and he should, there is so much at stake um, for for if he if he gets into the top 10 could potentially get access to alternate events on the PGA Tour next year. I, I feel as if he feels there's much more to play for and that he's treating these mini tour events um, as just staying sharp. Now, that does not mean that if you put him out there, he's not going to go for the win, right? He's not going to just foot down on the pedal and, and, and stomp these guys. I, I certainly think he would. I just believe that you know, there might be something he's working on. There might be, like, his main goal, his main focus is to peak for when the Corn Fairy Tour comes back. So that's my only hesitation with him. I still believe he is the the, probably the best player in the field for a $300 discount off of the top player. Just keep that in mind over the course of the next few days. In terms of cut. Number so I believe there's 75 golfers in the field this week. It is a three round event, and I believe the cuts are always half the field. So it'll be it'll happen after the second round, which would be after Tuesday's round. There would be a cut down to presumably 35 and ties or 36 and ties, something like that. Um, I'm pretty confident about that. And um, so, but for for us, that really only matters for final round for, I shouldn't, I should not call it final round for Wednesday showdown where, you know, you obviously don't want to roster anybody who's missed the cut, but also remember that there is no finishing position points involved. Draft Kings kind of says every, every show, every slate is basically third round showdown. Okay, so you're getting, you know, uh, amped up points for birdies and eagles, uh, but we're not counting finishing position in it either. So so keep that in mind as the week goes on, because I'm not going to be making uh, a preview video every single day. Uh, There's so much volatility. The guys that we like one day to another, probably going to be similar. Uh, The Paul brothers. Let's talk about these guys. Jeremy Paul's ten thousand two hundred. Yannick, I believe is how he pronounces it, is ninety two. These guys are. Twins from Germany, pretty positive about that. They're definitely twins, they might be from somewhere else. But the general consensus is Jeremy is a little bit of a more refined player, he has uh, posted better results over the course of the past couple weeks. But it's Yannick who is you know a thousand dollars cheaper that finished second two weeks ago at this event on the same golf course. Now, that was only a two day event. So uh Yannick went 66, 66 in each of those two rounds. He would have to play a third round this week. Uh, but if you're looking for a thousand dollar discount to one of the really, really good Paul Brothers, I mean, there was a great uh I think it was Monday qualifier. What's what's that guy's name on uh um a case of golf one? He's like the Monday qualifier guy on Twitter. Uh where basically the Paul brothers, you know, they've each played five or six starts on 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 the outlaw tour and have not shot around over par yet they're both really really uh well refined players um matt picanso i don't know all that much about uh i i tried to do a little bit of research it seemed like he made one start on the latin american tour last year um he has has, he's played on the mckenzie tour to varying degrees of of success he's kind of in a in a spot where I'm not really sure. I'd I'd love to go spend ten thousand dollars on him when I can drop down to a Colton Yates or even better a Mark. I'm going to screw this up. Mark Anguiano, I believe is how he pronounces it. At ninety eight hundred dollars, um, Anguiano is. You see the, his name on the top of leaderboards in in mini tours almost constantly. Um, you know, I'm looking back at. Let's see. This is last week. So last week he finishes. He had one bad round, and if you have one bad round in these mini tours, you're you're cooked, right? I mean, it is uh, something that um, all of these guys had mentioned. I, I spoke to Brent Grant last uh, yesterday as well. He's not in the field for this week, but he was like, these are shootouts. These are foot down on the pedal at all costs. Uh, Twenty one under par over three rounds. One last week. The winning score two weeks ago at this course was 12 under, I believe, 12 under in only two rounds. So you're probably looking 18 under par. That might be what you have to shoot over three days to win. Um, And Anguiano really just had one poor round. He shot a 71 in round number two last week. That is going to, you're going to lose a lot of ground on the field that way. Otherwise, 65-67, that would be on pace. That would be on pace. He's a guy whose name pops up quite a bit on these leaderboards, someone that I will probably target. I don't know if I can get him in. And as my, as like my second guy in here, if, because I, I probably want one of the top guys. I probably want KK or Dylan Wu in a lot of my lineups. Um, if, if I don't get one of them in my lineups, I'll probably start at Ang, Anguiano or I, if I could get him in as my second man, I'd be thrilled. I'd have to make com- some concessions down at the bottom. But we'll, we'll kind of talk about some guys that, that might stick out there a little bit as well. David Gazzolo. Gazzolo. I don't know how he pronounces it. $9,100. Kind of interesting. I, I don't know what he's done super recently. But he played six events on the Corn Ferry Tour last year. I think he only had one top 15. But what he... He, he, he didn't have... he. Wow. Just stumbled all over that. He did not have enough rounds to qualify for stats, but he bombs the ball like 320 yards on average off the tee. And he makes a lot of birdies. Those two things in mini tour situations are that's that's gold. You know, a lot of these courses are not necessarily long. Um, I don't know if I have. The distance of let me see if I can pull this up really quickly uh, for this week. Of course, I don't have it handy here, but generally speaking, these uh, these courses are not all that long. OK, legacy Golf Resort, sixty three hundred yards. That is eight hundred yards shorter than what they played last week at Grand Canyon University. Um, when you get a guy who hits the ball three hundred and twenty yards off the tee like that's they're all hitting wedges in. Right, like this turns into a wedge fest. Uh, if you can pile up a bunch of birdies, you're in a really good spot. So, um, I, I don't know what he's been doing super recently, but uh, interesting skill set around a place that's only 6,300 yards. Um, Riley Wieland is another guy. So, Riley Wieland's 8,700. I, um, trying to think about this. So, I, I don't know if he still is because, uh, but it, I think it was prior to last week. Riley Wieland was. Leading the tour, leading the tour's money list, which is varying levels of like, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. If you lead the outlaw tour in, in prize money, um, but he pops up on the top of leaderboards a lot, uh, last week he didn't play all that great, but he did make the cut. He went 69, 67, 70 finished at seven under par. Uh, but two weeks ago where we're going back to the legacy golf resort, Wielden finished T 11. He went 72 66. That 66 number is important because that's essentially the pace you would have needed to be on, uh, to really contend here, like top two or three. So he's able to go low enough here. Very seasoned around the outlaw tour. There will, there will be no surprises for him. I still think there's a lot of value at 8,700, 8,400, Sam Triplett. That is Kirk Triplett's son. I believe, um, Sam went to, oh man, Northwestern. I believe I'm really digging deep for this, for this knowledge off the top of my head right now, because he was a teammate of Dylan Wu. I'm again, like 95% was a team teammate of, it wasn't Brent Grant and it wasn't KK. So it would have had to have been Dylan Wu at Northwestern. Um, Triplet had, I believe the round of the day on... In the final round last week, let me see if I can pull this up here. It was tied with Brent Grant's 8-under, and Kevin Lucas went 8-under, and Triplett shot a... Where are you at, Trip? Uh Oh, maybe it was in the second round. He shot a 63 in the second round, which was, outside of KK's course record, uh, one of the lowest rounds of the week. In fact, 63 would have tied the course record if KK didn't break it the day before. So the ability to go really, really low in a showdown format is awesome, okay? So triplet certainly uh, has flashes of of real brilliance out there at times. On the flip side of that, um, someone that is kind of intriguing in a different type of way is Daniel Hudson. Daniel Hudson's 8,100. Last week, he finished... 14 under par. He went 67, 66, 66. So no super low rounds, but three really good rounds. So if we had like a week long, I feel like I'd like Daniel Hudson a little bit more. Um, But if you go back to two weeks ago at the Legacy, that was the Legacy shootout. This is the Legacy Classic. Uh, Wow, why can't I type right now? Daniel Hudson shot a 68 in round number one, 76 in round number two. So a little bit concerning to have that big of a difference between uh, you know, uh, difference in scores, right. To have an eight shot difference to go five over par. If you go five over par in a mini tour event, you are dead in the water now much better last week. So I'm, I'm kind of interested in getting back on that bandwagon. Now let's talk a little bit of value. Cause this is what you might have to do. Oh, also, by the way, this is Sam Saunders, right? Samuel Saunders at 7,200. That is the Sam Saunders, which I hate to do it because I, I I openly mock this all the time when announcers do it. The grandson of Arnold Palmer, right? Like that's that's – I'm like 90% sure that's him. Let me confirm. Okay, it is not. <laughs> These are two completely different guys. Uh, that's why I will j- double-check and do my homework here. Samuel Saunders is from Albuquerque, New Mexico. He is not Arnold Palmer's grandson, um, and he plays – basically on the PGA tour, Latin America and the McKenzie tour, but he has not been on either one of those tours in a couple of years. So I will be, uh, disregarding Samuel Saunders and we will act like that conversation, uh, never happens. Now, Nick Armand or Armin, I, it was pronounced differently than what I thought when, when there was a, a live stream of this on Periscope, but he's 7,400. He's someone that I had earmarked last week. And, um, Played really well for two of the three rounds. He went 65, 73, 66. Obviously, that second round is going to be a problem. But here's the thing. In showdown scoring, he would have have been a really great selection in two of these three rounds, 65 and 66. He finished T22, five under par in the final round. He was six under in round number one. That's all good stuff. Um, Let's see if he played two weeks ago. I don't think he did. Doesn't look like he was in the field, but he's someone that I'm probably going to be investing back into uh, this week. I, I do like that. And then Carson Roberts, he was probably probably the biggest disappointment. Um, he did end up making the cut last week. He went 68-68-72, but I, I felt like he is uh, uh, much better than that. Um, did not play two weeks ago. Let me see if I can pull up his, um, his mini tour results here. Okay. Yeah. This is why I liked him. Um, he barnstormed the field three weeks ago. I guess it'll be four weeks ago, April 7th to the 9th, the orange tree classic Carson Roberts. Wins by six shots. He goes 63-64-66. Wins by six over Nico Galletti, Nick Mason, Colton Yates, Riley Wielden. This is kind of before there was that real influx of Corn Ferry Tour players and McKenzie Tour players and stuff like that that, that came here to try to get uh, to stay sharp. This is like, to me... And this is like the very, the start of it. Like when Alex Chaco was in the field, this was like the absolute start of everyone kind of turning their attention to, to mini tour. At least some people starting to say, Oh, this is still golf. That's going on somewhere. Um, and, and he just, he just barnstorms everybody a couple of weeks ago. So the fact that he is now here, $7,000, uh, the week prior to that win, he was T five, two weeks prior to that. He was T two, a couple weeks prior to that. He was T five. Like, if, if this if we were comparing this to you know PGA Tour recent form coming in we'd be like ah oh, he's like one of the hotter players over the last two months of the year like that's what we'd be saying and he's seven thousand dollars now he hasn't played as well since then but there's longer I mean it's still within the last two months longer term form longer term form there um I, I think that's interesting now I will I will tell you after that there's a lot of these guys down here under seven thousand dollars that I don't know um and i don't know anything about and some of them have some experience out here i mean if you if you just sort by birdie or better let's see what i can find out uh really small sample sizes on a lot of these guys um i'm trying to find the first like like ryan wallen i've got three rounds on him 35 percent birdie or better um I'm trying to find value, guys. Caleb Ramirez, I have six rounds on. He's 6,900. He's kind of up in the top 15 or so guys. So you'd assume that would level out uh, as they play more rounds. But at least at least throwing it out there, I'm probably not going to play too many guys under this $7,000 range. I'll probably stop at Carson Roberts. Or maybe if I'm doing a a cascade or I'm just trying to get be different, maybe I'll swap out for... Um what who uh Thomas Layman is here that's Tom Layman's son um maybe someone like that but I I don't know a lot about these guys underneath here so I'll probably just stay away. Um that is my research for this week. Uh I hope that that helps you set lineups. The prize pools are pretty significant. Let me see if I can pull one up here. Yeah, I mean round 1 the round one showdown is $25,000 to first $10 buy-in. That's significant stuff. Uh, books have the the betting odds available, so maybe I'll dabble there. But um, I hope you enjoy. Again, I'll li- link the description to my interviews with KK Limbasu, Brent Grant, and Dylan Wu in the description. If you want to hear those guys' thoughts on where their game is at and how these mini tours uh, all work, you can check that out. Best of luck this week. It feels good to do another preview. I'll see you next time.